Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the uh, podcast where we look back on the cartoons and shows and movies and whatever of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not! It's far too often the case. I'm Sean. And Chris. And today we have a special guest. If you tuned into our last episode, you'll recognize him. Uh, Chris James in the house! Uh, so to speak. We're in your house anyway. Yeah, we're in my house. Yeah. <laughs> and normally we don't record here. We normally record at Sean's place. So oh, this has been a nice uh, this, a nice change. This is this episode is special on so many levels. So many levels. <laughs> uh, today we are going to be continuing our discussion about Batman the Animated Series from 1992. Yes, but we're doing it a little different because yeah. each of us picked an episode that we thought... For whatever reason, was special to us. Yeah, and last, we decided to make that the episode that we covered. Yeah, last uh, last uh, podcast episode, we covered the first three production <coughs> episodes of Batman the Animated Series, and this time we are going to be picking our favorite episodes, our each individual favorite episodes. So they're all a little different, but I yeah. I found what was interesting is that they all had um, some kind of common themes. Mm. Actually, yeah, which I'll mention maybe when we get to the end. Maybe we all have really good taste. Yeah. So just as a <laughs> thank you, just as a quick review, Batman the animated series ran from 90, 92 to ninety five. Yes, uh, four seasons. Yes, and it covered. It, it's probably most people's best example of Batman, um, the, the, the most the, common one. It is the it is the the standard. Like if you're gonna do a Batman, it needs to be at least this good. And if, and if you can do better, fantastic. Good luck. But good luck. This That's is the why, standard. That is the reason why most Batman movies fail and why Nolan succeeded, like, like, ju- like just barely. Just barely. And then. So failed at the third one, in my opinion. But that's yeah. we can discuss that another time. Yeah. And if you if you didn't listen to the other episode, shame on you. Go listen to it. But if you didn't, uh, this this show is a show that all three of us really enjoyed. It's mm. it's probably in our top ten, if not our top five shows of all time. My top five, for definitely sure. for top five for me. So we can go ahead and say top five. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. speak for you, Sean. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it a lot of things happen. It's created by uh, Tim. Uh, uh, Bruce Tim, sorry, Bruce, Bruce Tim. Uh-huh. Um, Paul it, Dini wrote a lot of these. Yeah, he did. And then also uh, Eric Redomsky. Yeah. Um, Danny Elfman did the music. Although some of the music um, changed a little bit later. It was a different person uh, kind of working on it. But um, kept the same uh, Elfman feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah she did. Yeah, it's uh, a very, it's a very stylized version of Batman. It's if you think back to sort of the uh, the the Tim Burton Batman movies, it's sort of in the same vein. It's very uh, film film noir, gothic, Art Deco, yeah, scenery, very minimalist for maximum yeah. impact. Yeah, yeah, but so, the animation quality is really high. Things are really smooth. They take a lot of time to show characters interacting. Uh, you see, you know, bends of wrists in a punch. I mean, they take time to show things that. Most shows don't really bother to show. Like when it matters, they put in that detail, and when it doesn't, they take it out, and it's. Oh, I was gonna say when it doesn't matter, they do it anyways. Well, I would say I would I would agree with you there, uh, but when I'm talking about like for, for example, when you see Batman, it's mostly silhouettes. It's like you don't see his face. They don't bother drawing wrinkles on faces or anything like oh, that. Oh yes, that's yes, a, you're very right. You're minimalist. Right. Yeah, and in that regard, just you're to right. give that impact, like again, Batman's. I said this in the last episode. Batman's face is two eyes and a slit. Like, basically that's, that's it yeah and so one of the things too besides the artwork because we talked a lot about the artwork one of the things that I think makes this show 
sort of the, the, the standard that you have to base all other Batman things against mm-hmm. is that the writing, for the most part, for probably, I would say, 75% of the episodes, the writing is superb. Mm-hmm. And I think it is greatly exemplified in the three episodes that we picked. Absolutely. Yes, it, it really is. And the, and the artwork uh, also... You know, so I don't. Did we mention this last time about the way that they chose to animate these? Do you guys know? I don't. About I don't those? think we did. So well, I, well, I I talked about the uh, the black paper on on, on and uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, bright bright colors on black paper to give that yeah. noir effect. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I couldn't remember if we mentioned that, but yes. but the paper actually being black is a huge deal. Yes. Because then you're not trying to fill in black on a white sheet of paper. Yeah. It's the native nature of the artwork that you're drawing so that's on. why when you go into gotham you feel like and like see, everything, everything feels dark and dirty even when it's clean pressed yeah you get depressed when you watch this a little bit like just it's have, supposed to be though and again yeah. in a great way not saying like oh god i have to watch batman but it's like it's like you could feel like when you see you could feel why people wanted to turn to crime in, in gotham because Gotham feels like a terrible fucking place to live. Gotham's number one export, supervillains. Exactly. It's like, it's like <laughs> Batman, it's like uh, the soul of Batman uh, is exemplified by the look of Gotham, just the way that Superman's is. Yeah. And those the, two cities, the, those two cities are sister cities, and that's why they're such great contrasts. Because you have the, they're like across the bay from Metropolis each other. is like, it's like the, shining the shining city, city on a hill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then this is this is like the forgotten city, the slumlord's yeah. paradise. Yeah, um, and, and again, Superman, white paper, uh, you know, with colors with colors. Yeah, very bright. It, it's it's a beautiful show. Very good. And the artwork is also uh, very interesting. It's a but but this is different. It's and it's it's just um, it just feels different. So what we're essentially saying is that Batman is the total package. Right. It is it is artistically beautiful to look at. And it is intellectually, creatively, really entertaining and engaging to experience as a story. Yes. And also to Bruce Timm's credit, he actually did something with Superman that no one was able... Uh, moving back to Superman, the animated series. I know that's not the com- <laughs> the conversation here, but I just wanted to touch on this. Uh, he did something with Superman that no one else besides the 1970 movie was able to do. And that, and that, makes, that is makes Superman interesting. And so that's how talented of a of a person we're dealing with when we come. It is difficult to make Superman interesting yeah. because most people that write Superman don't do it very well. They, they, well, they, because they focus on his powers and not on the person. Yeah. Because on the they surface, the how story. how interesting is is an unstoppable force? Exactly. Superman's power is is beyond limitless. I mean, there are there are. I mean, you could get way down into the weeds with this, but like. There are comics where Superman is on the other side of the galaxy. Jimmy Olsen calls him on his watch. And he shows up. Superman gets the message, flies across the galaxy, and saves Jimmy Olsen in five minutes. He pulls planets. I mean... I remember that episode where he had to pull... He had to pull... It was him, Martian Manhunter, and Wonder Woman, and they pulled a planet. Well, in the comics, there's one where he pulls a planet that's Earth-sized by himself. And he's definitely moved the moon before. He's... There's he a, has knocked comets coming to. So the, how is it? There's, com, there's a comic that I have that's called JLA One Million, where he he uh, exists in the sun, in the core of the sun. Right. He goes into the core of the sun and exists there for a million years, and then comes out in the year like eight hundred. Yeah, well, he comes out in the year like eight hundred and seventy-five thousand with the Justice League. The, the, the Justice Legion and he comes out and he does some stuff but it's, it's like he can exist forever and live inside the sun he, he, that, but the this point of Superman again we're way off topic but I love this conversation so I'm going to keep going the point of Superman is not the fact that he 
and you need to build a villain that can beat him. That is not the point of Superman. Point then you wind up with is, Doomsday. Exactly. Well, because eventually he'll beat him anyways. Exactly. You know? So, But the point of Superman is you have a godlike creature among mortals. That's the story. That's the story that you have to... That and how, do you, how does he relate to humanity? Exactly. And how does he find... Who he, he was he raised is, and how by. He he, we have a you have a god raised by humans. I'm pretty right. sure that was a how Superman. Does, it was either a Superman or a JLA story. It was called Gods Among Us or something. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's well. True. And then Batman is like the total contrast. He has no powers. Right. He is he is a extremely tragic figure who experiences the death of two loving parents. Uh, firsthand, and then he's raised by an estranged butler. So now, granted, he's got money, but he's all alone. Nobody wants anything to do with him. You know what? And and essentially, his dad's legacy, his dad's company, is not even in his hands as he's a kid. Right. He essentially has to go on this journey, figure out who he is, and make him. He's a self-made man in some respects, and it's like he's now trying to operate in a world of crazy. So um, with no power. So Batman is the exact opposite of Superman with this story, right. where he is, where you tell, where he is now the most, the, the most potential a human being can have. So how does a human being beat gods and when like like people like Clayface who can't be killed, cannot kill Clayface? Uh, like he, he can stop them, he can, you can slow them down, you can eventually jail them, but you have no powers. So you go, you have is your wits. So it's again, you're. That is the interesting part of Batman is that you have a, he exemplifies human, humanity's exactly uh, potential, and that's when Batman versus Superman ha happens. It's now the ultimate god versus the ultimate man, and how to how, how does that right. how do they clash? Now I wanted I wanted to talk about this later, but since we're talking about it now, why not bring it up now? <laughs> so so one of the things that I was thinking about as I was watching this show because uh, I read comics and I'm more of a DC guy than I am a Marvel guy, which yeah. all the hate in the world. Whatever. I hate you. No, so, <laughs> so what what I noticed about this Batman, this this the animated series Batman, which I think makes it it sort of it sort of helps the believability and the the, the whatever uh, like the 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 like that everybody has about the, this Batman is that so Silver Age Batman, Golden Age Batman, it was sort of campy. It was really like if you think about the original Batman comics, it was more like the nineteen sixties. Batman show. It was just sort of goofy and not really all that dangerous and stuff. And and weird stuff happened back and forth. And then you get to the 1980s and Frank Miller Thank you. Yeah, gets into say. it and he turns Mention it. Frank Miller. Yeah, and he gets into he gets into gritty Batman, realistic Batman, Batman, super sour Batman. He just, gave Batman his balls back. Yeah, it's essentially it's essentially like Christopher Nolan's Batman, just mm. gruff. Well, Nolan got that. Yeah, it all right. stems yeah. from uh, 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 the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, all that stems from that. So then, yeah. so then, from there, from the '80s into the '90s and into the 2000s and even into now, if you're reading the Batman comics, Batman is not so much a person anymore. He's not like a human. You can't really think of him as a human. He's superhuman <laughs> without having superhuman powers because he's superhumanly smart. He's smarter than everyone. It doesn't matter if it's a, some genius alien. He'll outsmart them. He'll outthink them. It's one of the jokes. Like, what's Batman's superpower? It's plot armor. It's like Wolverine. Like, he, he can outthink, outdo, whatever. And it, he's, he's almost ridiculous. He's ridiculous on his face now with the amount of preparation he does, the amount of jams that he can get himself out of like there was a there was a the green arrow is also very similar to that too which yeah, is why not, he's like kind of a b-list character because it's like you already got one who's so interesting or yeah whatever, but it's but, not it's not as bad as batman green no. a green arrows like batman carnation is what i call it kind of happened more recently they're like we have this cool character that does that 
and what and that's really popular. It seems to be going well. So why not we make this character too? And I think that's the f- well. That Green Arrow's an old character. Yeah, of course he is. But, but he's always. But he's always, Oliver Quinn has been is essentially been Robin Hood, and that's why he looks like Robin Hood. Yes, exactly. It's where he's he's cocky. He's uh, he's. You know, like he, he's sure of himself. He's, he's like, not as serious. He's like a Bruce man. Wayne's parents never died. Exactly. Yes. And so that's... Even though Oliver Quinn's parents is, died. Yeah. Yes, but I mean, it, like his <laughs> But behavior. at least he had time with them, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, point, the point of the whole thing is that, is that Batman from 1986, I think, is when Dark Knight came out. Yeah. Dark Knight Returns came out. From 1986 until now, he is this super serious, super gruff, super angry, completely unrealistic hero. Mm. He is he is he is essentially one of the three DC trinity. The trinity. Superman, yeah. Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. They're I the DC feel trinity. like Wonder Woman was thrown in there because they needed a, like a woman. <laughs> well, no, I mean she's always been part of that Sure, trinity, but I mean but, but I mean Wonder Woman is essentially a supergirl. Like well, like she's so, just she's the well, same story. So the point is that you can't really I don't think in reality you can relate to Batman anymore. Like mm. before he was he was like this sort of campy Vigilante, who you could sort of like in the sixties, you could dress. You feel like you could dress up like. Yeah, you could kind of be Batman, but at this point, he's so far out there that there's no. What I like about this show is it sort of takes that sort of gruff, angry Batman, but it mixes it in with the camp where Batman has a personality. That's the thing is a modern Batman has no personality. He still slings those. So, so I wanted to because you're talking about like Batman being bigger than. You know, be, it's almost like he's bigger than himself, and I think like nothing embodies that more than in the comics when he died, quote died, traveled through time, and then came <laughs> uh, fought dinosaurs, and then came. Wait, wait, when he got zapped by the Omega beams. Yes, and then he came back, and then he basically formed it. He was a pirate for a while, too. And then he basically (laughs) created a a Batman franchise. He's like, uh, I've got Subway, but Batman. And, 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 I mean, really. He then is no longer a person, but an idea. He also yeah. started cults that like worshipped his cowl because like they yeah, yeah but cowl. but I mean it's like a bunch of stuff. But yeah, so that's, but, that's mm-hmm. the good thing about this show is that like it's before that. Yeah, but but it takes it takes the serious Batman, and then there's plenty of episodes where he is completely serious and he is completely a badass, or the and, subject matter at least is serious. Yeah, or whatever. but it also allows him. To be goofy, to utilize Bruce Wayne and be Bruce Wayne and, and do stuff. Or to be sad or To emotional. be sad, to be happy. Oh my god, happy Batman. That's it, like not a thing. Yeah. You can't just but be But it like, happens in one or two of these episodes. It, hap- it happens in a lot of the episodes. Yeah, like absolutely. He can be happy Batman. No, I meant one or two of the ones. It yeah. happens in your episode. I was going to say, it happens yeah. in the episode that I picked. Yeah. So. But it, 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 the, like, the, the Batman the Animated Series makes him more of an actual person. Brings him down to our level. Yeah, it, it, he, like, he's more of a... Like, Batman was always a street level vigilante, street level hero. Yeah. You know, fought punks and mobsters and crime bosses and gangs and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when he started, tri- you know, going the to su- jail, the, the superiest supervillain he ever really fought and uh, was really like people like Clayface or Killer Croc like or Killer something. Croc, like people that you can kind of understand. Like, yeah, like they weren't coming from galaxies. They weren't coming from other planets. Yeah. They were. They were. They were made right there in Gotham. So, that's why. Yeah. That's why I think that this Batman is is a lot of people's favorite Batman because he's an actual person. Yeah, he's not a caricature. That's yeah, a like, great, he that's can, a great point. He, he has he can, interactions he can, yeah. with people. He can be happy. He can be sad. He can be disappointed. He can be excited. Like like in your episode, he is super excited about. He, he's super. He's like a kid. He's like, oh my god, 
Yeah, and then in other episodes, he's poignantly touched, like in, in the end of Chris's episode. Yeah. Um, where he, like, has a direct, like, kind of emotional response to what's happening. Or in yours also, the same thing at the end. He yeah. has very much of that response, too. You can see it. Yeah. yeah. So, so vocalized, but... So let's let's jump into my episode, then. I just yeah. wanted to add one more thing. This series also did a lot to take away from uh, from characters that they brought in. Like, in the, in the comics, they'd be super huge. For example, because none of our episodes are this, they brought in Zatanna for one episode. And she had no powers. She was just the daughter of the of, of the of guy, Zatara of Zatara, who also was magic, who also had the backward talking magic in the comic books. Yeah, but none of that was there. He just learned to escape from them. Yeah. So like he would take there were these characters there were like these omni powerful characters in the comic books, and they're like, no, no, we don't need all this to tell a good story. We just want to tell a simple story about about that. And I apologize, the phone's going off. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so so let's jump into my episode. So the. My episode that I chose was called Heart of Ice. It's called Heart of Ice. Um, depending on how you view it, it's either like the third or the fourth episode in the production order. Um, this episode tells the story of Mr. Freeze's origin. And this, for the most part, I didn't know this when I picked it, but once I started looking up stuff about it, it's regularly viewed as one of the best Batman episodes it yeah, won an Emmy. Our, I remember arguably best. I remember texting you and saying, "Did you know that this that the uh, episode that you picked uh, won a primetime Emmy?" And you're like, "It did." Yeah. So the episode. <laughs> so the like, episode. I'm just cool like that. I was like, <laughs> "Well, I guess," but I mean, so it he, won an Emmy. Mark Hamill also won Emmys for Batman for sure. his portrayal yeah. as the Joker too. Oh yeah. So um, this speaking of you? speaking of Mark Hamill, this is the first. The first instance of Mark Hamill voicing a character on Batman the Animated Series and classically known as the Joker. He played the Joker for however many He's years. He's also kind of sort of classically trained as like, um, or not not trained, uh, known as, what's that guy? Um, Luke Skywalker. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Luke Skywalker. Well, that that, that Star Wars guy or whatever, I mean. Yeah, yeah that dude that lives on that planet farthest from yeah, the, the yeah. bright center of the universe. Yeah. yeah. Even though he's so, on the desert. So second, second star to the right, first straight on until morning. <laughs> since we're mentioning Mark Hamill, I have to do a correction. I, I had Corrections and retractions. Yeah, is, that's what this is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I mentioned Robert England being a friend of uh, Kevin Conroy's, and I was wrong. I misspoke. It's actually a friend of Mark Hamill's. And what would ha- what happened was is he was actually uh, Robert England is Freddy Krueger, and he was auditioning for a role in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> when he walked across the hall where auditions were taking place for uh, Star Wars, um, Star Wars, and after yeah for Star Wars, oh. and after watching the auditions for a while, he realized that Hamill. Uh, would be perfect for the role of Luke Skywalker. That's I misspoke. Oh, okay. And so he suggested that Mark Hamill audition for the role. And he did and he won the role. And and for for Batman, um, originally he was set to play a guest role as this corrupt businessman, which he does. Yeah, that's Mm. this episode. In this episode, as Ferris Boyle. Mm. Um, But out of curiosity, the show's execs had Hamill audition for the role of Joker. Um, after their previous choice, which was Tim Curry, which we've previously discussed on Fern Gully, yes. was moved out by the company because they thought that he... Well, there's a couple of versions. Some say they, quote, wanted something new. Some say that he... Uh, that his, a, that his voice was too dark. It was too uh, maniacal. It would be scary. weird to have, like, a British uh, Joker. I, well, I, I, I think just, that I disagree. They, can, I, can I jump in? Sorry. Well, I yeah. Because Mark Hamill's take on the Joker is a, is a crazy, crazy British man. So so you take you take this sort of, kind of. Yeah, you, you take this sort of voice that's kind of gruff like this, and then you add a little British accent to it, and that's the Joker. And that's <laughs> that's exactly how that's how exactly how he got his voice. It, I mean, it kind of is, yeah. But I think I think in Tim Curry's case, he was considered to be too dark and scary. He scared kids too much, and that I think. 
this if was anyone's a- going to scare your children, Tim Kerr. Well, I mean, at this point, not only had he obviously done Frankenfurter, but yeah. <laughs> but he had done it. He oh had yeah, done Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise so, the clown. That so I think sense. it was too scary, and so so Hamill actually worried initially about doing the Joker because he was afraid that the Joker was this high-profile character that he wouldn't be able to live yeah, up to. Yeah, he actually was wanting to be a minor villain. I remember he was, his story. He was scared that, or worried that, like, that it was like going to be Clayface. And again, what I love about Hamill... Sorry, I'm stepping all over your story. <laughs> what I love about Hamill is he's a big dork like the rest of us. He oh, is, no, he is. He, yeah. goes, he goes the comic conventions. Anyway, continue. Sorry. No, no, he is. He's a big dork. Um, <laughs> but, but I was just going to mention that he's also the only cast member that's allowed to perform his character standing up. Really? Because it allows him to infuse his character with that maniacal, manic kind of energy. I, I, um, I have to say. All the other actors sit down when they do their recordings, but he's the only one who stands up. Have you ever watched a recording of him? He's, he's, he's standing, standing up. Always. Well, um, I, I, I do a lot of voice work for uh, for friends and stuff like that. Like not like professionally at all, but I just I, I like to do impressions and stuff like that. And like I also I, I have a I have a mic just like this, a Yeti mic, <laughs> and uh, and I, I just stand there and I do like I'll do like Shakespeare, but in the Joker voice or something like that. Oh, it's like good practice. And, yeah, it's practice. And yeah, yeah, I do the best work when I'm standing up. I have to stand up. I have to flail my arms around. Well, it's like singing. I have. Yeah. Like you get you get more energy and more like lung well, room it, when, it's, you, it's, when you're standing up. It's body mechanics. So you have better engagement with your with your diaphragm mm-hmm. is yeah. what it is but yeah so sitting sitting so, down you could do you could do batman's voice sitting down it's not that hard well something uh, i just <laughs> yeah. wanted to mention before we move on really quickly that a couple of two of the other voices that mark hamill has done for um for like animation that for me i mean he's done a bunch of stuff but these are two that i was like oh no really i didn't realize hobgoblin yep. for the 90s spider-man and his voice yeah. doesn't change much from the joker no he doesn't that. Yeah. The other one is Fire Lord Ozai in Avatar yep. The Last yep. Airbender. Too. I didn't realize. Yeah. Oh, Fire Lord Ozai too. And that that was so like again, I'm gonna jump away from Batman for a second because I love Avatar too. And I actually got Mandy to watch Avatar and she absolutely loved it as well. But uh Fire Lord Ozai was this big buildup. Like you like for like episodes and episodes you did not know what this guy was. Until and, and then like you finally get you finally get to him and it's Mark Hamill voicing him and it's perfect and you're just like oh that that show is amazing yeah, I didn't realize but but <laughs> yeah. at any rate so so what other so so Heart of Ice is Heart of Ice is the origin story of of Mister Freeze which up until and this is why I, this is why I love this this uh, episode and what made me think of it is because. Uh, up until this point, Mr. Freeze is sort of like a weird, kind of almost like a joke character. Mm. Um, he doesn't have a lot of dimensions. It's They'd just... already killed him in the comics at this point. Yeah, they and... brought him back because of the show. And I always remember him from the 60s one where he, you know, he's like, oh, he, oh, he, I can't even remember what... He reminded me of, of someone else. But he's this sort of goofy character that just sort of froze stuff. And there wasn't a whole lot to him. He's like, I'm a villain and I'm freezing D- everything. DC loves their ice villains. Yeah, like DC has a hundred and fifty thousand ice villains. Yeah. Let's see <laughs> yeah. off, off the top of my head. You've got you've got Mister Freeze. Killer you've Frost. got Killer Frost. Killer Frost Two. Right. Icicle. Icicle Junior. You've got Captain Cold. Captain Cold. Uh, <laughs> let's see who else. Because well, ice is like the perfect. Like it, it's like it, it, it can do anything. It, it, it can, can stop, stop your speedsters. It can stop yeah. your speedsters. It can slow down your speedsters. Uh, it, yeah. it, it can freeze your Batman's. Well, yeah. so this this episode it it go it delves into Mister Freeze and, and Mister Freeze in this as opposed to like the '60s one he's just almost like a robot. Mm-hmm. He's got this big mechanical body, the big, big mechanical suit, and he's got like this fishbowl helmet where he you know he exists in his sub zero temperatures and, ex- mm-hmm. and and through it 
there's all these crimes being committed against Goth Corp where they're stealing chemicals. Mm-hmm. And Batman puts together that all the things that they've stolen so far, it's like chemicals and equipment, all the things that they've stolen so far can be arranged to make like a big <laughs> giant gun, which is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I love when it comes in the cut. Co- because the back computer is like, but if you arrange them this it's way. And it turns it into a giant ray gun. And then <laughs> he so says, the only, thing le- the only thing left is to get this last yeah. component. And this is the only Goth Corp thing. This is what happens when you have a really, really complicated pot and you have to shorten it down to 25 minutes. Yeah. You're like, 22. 22. Yeah. You're like, okay, okay, we got all this crazy shit yeah. here. Well, so, in this so, episode, he has this great line that I loved. Uh, the revenge is a dish best served cold. Did you know that that's originally a Klingon proverb? Really? Yeah, so the guy who No, voices- I knew that. I just didn't know that, okay. they, that was so, that first. So the guy who voices this... Voyager. It, no, no, the guy who voices this before that... Michael Ansara is Commander Kang in multiple Kang. Star Trek yeah. episodes. <laughs> I saw him in Voyager first. Sorry. Um, well, he's done a bunch of different uh, episodes. But he was Kang. He was Kang. Yeah. The original was in the original Star Trek, I believe. He yeah. did original Trek, and uh, so it was that that line is an old Klingon proverb back in back in the '60s Star Trek. Huh. Oh, that- they Where he was Commander King. Yeah, and he watches. even threatened the Enterprise with the line, you will die in the icy cold of space. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, is that like, um, is the usage of this line an homage to his prior work with Star Trek? Might or was the casting part of that or what? But I, I just wanted to mention that. I didn't mean to derail no, it. No, no. But so, go ahead. So, so tell me So tell Batman, me Batman figures out that the, the only thing left is only one component. It's like a chemical that they need to turn this into like this freeze death ray. And he figures out that there's only one Goth Corp lab that makes it. So he basically goes and stakes it out. That's where he runs into Mr. Freeze for the first time. Mr. Freeze beats him. And Batman gets frozen. And then Mr. Freeze leaves with his henchmen. And Batman breaks out. And... Yeah, he's brutal with that ice gun, too. Like, he freezes people's arms. He freezes their legs. Like, he yeah. doesn't and, care. And that's care. that's the thing. That's that's the thing about Mr. Freeze is not only is his body frozen, that his emotions are frozen. He feels nothing except wanting to find... Well, to that's revenge. what he says. But yeah. there are always hints that he has something deeper. Yeah, he, he basically only feels regret and remorse. And that... that And, well, I think, like, what that is is, like, that's Nora Freeze, obviously. And then he keeps, a, like, a little snow globe of her always... Especially uh, and that, that's that's yeah. shown later, and that's kind of like and the last is, flickering the ember. The first of scene is is him humanity. caressing and talking to his snow globe. Yeah, um, and, and, when and it's it's this very first of all very very well animated. Yeah, and second of all the it's very kind of this very poignant moment that he has, and then we get into the episode. Yeah, and it's kind of cool. Know? It's kind of cool too because Mister Freeze when he talks, he has this very robotic voice. You, like yeah, I he, can talk like this, Batman. Yeah, he, he has a he has a very robotic voice, and at first you think that it's because he's in this big robotic suit and it's like modulating his voice somehow. But then when when he's like out of the suit, he talks the same way. So you've got this like robotic character who says that he has no feelings, but actually he does. He's just trying to hide all of his feelings because yeah. all he's doing is is trying to avenge his wife, and that's what you learn. So Batman's getting away. Yeah, Batman ends up learning and finding all this evidence about um, through using his alter ego as Bruce Wayne. He talks to the head of Goth Corp, and he finds out that there was a there was an incident a year ago with uh, with an explosion, and he had to fire a guy because he was stealing company equipment. Mm-hmm. And so Batman does some digging and finds out it was Victor Freeze, and finds a 
finds a video of the incident, which I don't know, is a weird security video that like jumps around to different cuts of the different scenes of the it's perfectly placed cinematography for yeah. some reason. <laughs> Did you notice the so when he had that meeting with Ferris Boyle, uh, he had this like because uh, like basically you discover that that Ferris Boyle, the, the head of golf court, is a sleazy yeah. asshole, the, and he has golf- this line about wage slaves, and I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> when the wage slaves get out of line, that's when you have to do something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> some, something. I was like, yeah. and Batman has a, Bat, or Bruce Wayne. Batman has a good line too because after he gets frozen by Mister Freeze, he get he develops a cold, and that's like a running thing throughout. He has a cold yeah. because he's frozen solid. So I love when it. he goes to when he goes to meet with Ferris. Boyle, Ferris essentially tells him, like, look, because Ferris Boyle is known as this great humanitarian and Goth Corp is this great he's humanitarian honored, company. Yeah, he? he's getting honored. And, Lifetime award. And, and yeah. that's that's when he he's like, look, because, you know, rich people, when they get together, they talk they talk for realsies. Yeah. And he's like, look, Bruce, you know, these wage slaves, they you get know. out of line. You need to smack them around a little <laughs> you bit. You know how you know? it is, man. Yeah, you're a rich guy. I'm you know they're not guy. real people unless they have eight figures. <laughs> so, so up until this point, Bruce, Batman, didn't know that. And so when he hears that, you know, he goes, I'm going to be sick, or you're making me sick. He says something no, about... No, he said, I'm going to be sick. He says, yeah. I'm going to be sick. So like, excuse he says, me? He's like, oh, this cold. I really have to... Oh, <laughs> you I know, there's, to there's like a couple others like that. So at one point, like they're in the Batcave, and, and Alfred, uh, he's like, uh, like I have the, uh, I have the way to, to, be, to be cold. And he's like, what? And he's like, what is it? And he goes... Oh, he hands him a it, thermos. And he hands him a thermos full of you chicken know, soup. Yeah. <laughs> The best part, um, he goes, He goes here, this is the only way to combat cold. And he goes, what is it, knockout gas? He goes, no, chicken soup. Yeah, and, and that, that's used again. He actually uses the chicken soup to bust uh, Mr. Freeze's glass. The bust the- yeah, yeah, he uses and, the and he, he and says it, that's the only way to fight a cold. Yeah. And, and see, that's part of the, like, that's Batman with a personality. Yes. That's not just like... Well, and there's also there's the scene where uh, Batman is watching the the security video, the janky ass security video that yeah. saved forever somehow, and he's watching and he sees what happens to Victor, where Ben essentially Ferris kills Boyle his wife, f- more or less kills Victor and his wife. So apparently up at first glance, yeah. yeah. And Batman's sitting there and he watches it and he goes, "My God!" And Freeze appears in the doorway behind him and he goes, "Yes, it would move me to tears if I still had tears to shed." Yeah, way better than the Batman and Robin version. <laughs> Doesn't work in the cold heart. <laughs> there were so many good lines in that movie. Uh, oh, everyone! I to see you. I oh, to meet you. I to chill. <laughs> okay, for those of you who don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger also played Victor Freeze, uh, and it is not good. Yeah, but no. if you want to watch it, it's a great yeah. one to make. Like, make it a drinking game, and every time that There's Arnold Schwarzenegger part. has like a, a shitty one-liner, then take a shot. You will definitely be trashed Arnold, by the Arnold end of the movie. Schwarzenegger as a cryogenic scientist is just as believable as Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what's her, good uh, casting, James Bond. But yeah. I was like, like, like the only only Arnold Schwarzenegger can actually give Mister Freeze a personality. Like that's this whole point of this character is that he is emotionless. He is, yeah. but but that's, that's he's, he's like he's, he's popping out of sewers. Like, hey, look at these gone now. <laughs> but see, that's that's what's great about this episode is that is that Mister Freeze is he's he's such a complex character, and which is why he's such a great villain is because he. You know, you look at the other villains and they're doing things either because they're crazy or because they want money or they want power or they want a, all this stuff. He is he is like a tragic villain because he's a Shakespearean villain. Because he yeah, is. because yeah. half the time like half of his things is he's trying to get revenge on the people that 
that did that did him wrong that that killed his wife and then you've got other episodes where he's trying to steal equipment and chemicals and all kinds of stuff to cure his wife yeah so he's That's not his entire motivation yeah he's not wife. doing things out of out of self well, and when selfless, the, selfishness. and when the episode ends he's sitting alone in his cell lamenting about the fact that his wife Nora is gone. Yeah, like he failed her. And he failed her and he's upset and he's crying and as he cries his tears freeze. Uh, and, so it, and it's really this poignant uh. moment. The music is beautiful and it matches and, and it cuts the, the camera pulls out of the cell window and Batman is just standing there on a rooftop watching. But he looks he, he kind of, it's like he feels for him. Yes. It, and it's like they they gave him such a personality. They didn't need to do that. I mean, the other Batman versions of Batman are just like one dimensional. They fight crime or they have chest nipples. You know, <laughs> I mean, they again like what what what's so great about like all the episodes we picked, but especially this episode is the fact that this raises some very deep philosophical questions. Who's the real villain here? It's yeah, like, exactly. Like here's here's a dude that's like. At first, you, when you first meet him, he's freezing limbs off. He's he's he's, he's, he's not careless, but he's like he's he's every which way with that gun. Devil may care. Devil yeah. may care. That's perfect. Uh, and and yet, you by the end of this episode, you understand why you feel bad, and for you him. feel so you're kind bad. of on his side. Yes. I was, you know, the fact that Ferris Boyle lived. I was just like. Yeah, I mean, that, I get the Batman has to save everybody, but fuck that guy. That guy's yeah, a and dick. Mr. Free should have frozen. At and least, at least Batman like the man. He, Batman set him up too. Batman set up Ferris Boyle to essentially like you know, he set up his fall. He got because he's not going to just let the guy get away with it. He got all no, justice. and that's true because that's Batman what, comes out, he tells everybody, he hands him the the videotape, yeah. like. Yeah. Well, like he has a big fu, and I and I like that at least. He got know? ultimate justice. Like he he got <laughs> Mr. Freeze did wrong, and he he ends up in jail. Ferris, uh, Bo- I want to say Ferris Boyle. Yeah, 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 I do too. Boyle. Ferris Boyle, Boyle. Boyle. Mark Hamill. Uh, yeah. Yes, ends up ends up with uh, getting uh, humiliated because the, he gets the his t- comeuppance. He gets his comeuppance. So the man who was getting the humanitarian award in the beginning of the episode turns out to be the actual villain. Yeah, and that is something that a seven year old or a nine year old watching. A, t- a, t- a cartoon doesn't need to see. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. It would have been right over them. That's yes. that's the other thing. I the more I watched this because I I mean again I watched all of them. You watched a bunch of them before oh, yeah. you came down here. Oh yeah, I watched. But yeah. I watched all of them and and like this show like a lot of those things are in almost every episode at least to some degree or another. Yeah. These like little moments and that's not written for kids. That's no. written for me. That was yeah. that that was not aimed That at was kids. written for the people going out buying the com- waiting in line and buying comics like and, on on comic. And that's one. why that's why you like that's why this show works on so many levels is because they actually have complex characters that take a little thinking. There's no like there's very few one-dimensional characters. None, even actually, even I like think. even the Joker who's kind of a one-dimensional character has has character development a little and bit. And he's also depth. got his tragicness to him yeah, too. Yeah, there's you know? depth to that. He actually uh, I mean later on in the series finds love and it's like a, but that even that relationship is like a a, a really disturbing one if you if you care to look deeper into it between yeah. him and Harley Quinn. Like, I think I think about like the episode where they introduced uh, the Mad Hatter where he basically did everything oh, because God. he was in love with the the girl was, Alice at his office. That's the episode was, where he got all those athletes to become like weird yeah. supervillains. That's that's how they were able to work in Condiment King. Yeah, into yeah, this exactly, which they, I thought was the really Condiment funny. Condiment King had one of his uh, <laughs> yeah one of the cards. cards. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's but right. It, it, it's, that's what they did on a fairly regular basis. Is they took even like Killer Croc had a, had had like tragic. All of the bat, most of the Batman villains, almost all of them had this there sort is, of like tragic backstory. There is no just like I'm a villain because I'm a villain. So Which are no. the shittiest villains? The best villains exactly. are the ones where you're like, shit, I can understand why that guy. I would I, do like, that. It's like I disagree, there, but, but I get it. There, but, for the, but for the grace of God, goes me. That, yeah, that's exactly. It's, what like, it's like it's like uh, it's like uh, what's his face uh, Chris, or um, uh, uh, Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger's Joker. Joker when he said all of us are no yes, was that one right. it was it, yeah. we're all just no that was that was from um, that was from the the comic uh, the the Killing Joke it right was, oh, well, that's yeah. the whole point yeah. of that one we're, bad day we're away. all just one bad day away from being me. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, but they actually pay homage to that in in uh, in the Dark Knight as well. Yeah, because that's yeah. essentially that's essentially what that's he the did whole to Harvey. Plot. Well, right, I yeah. do I do just because we're moving on to episode uh, the the next episode, but I the the villain in that actually is not um he is not super complex, and and I just want to mention because there's there's several of these kind of throwaway guys. They're just like the the villain is not really what the story is about. Sometimes the story is about something completely different, which is my episode. Yeah. And some of these episodes has absolutely nothing to do with the villain. The villain is like like whatever. It's a side story. Right. Um. And those are throwaway. Like they're not important. There's one where Batman uh fights the mob and he he gets hurt and these kids take him in and put him in their basement. And and the kids like basically help take care of Batman, and then yeah. uh, they Bat- try and fight the bad guys. It's called Batman's in my basement or something. like Yeah, that. I, <laughs> and then Bat- Batman ends up saving the day. But like yeah. the story is nothing. To, the villain's not important. It's it's, all- it's his interaction with the community and the kids, and them like idealizing Batman and all of this. That's what that episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these episodes, in the rare case where the villain is quote a throwaway. Mm-hmm. They're not important anyways. The story is something I else. had an idea of who the villain kind of was like in your story. <laughs> in your one. Oh, oh, like if you didn't know, like you figured it out early? No, 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 no. I mean, like, he reminded me of another... Oh, of another DC villain. villain. Oh, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Another yeah. DC villain? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, so the episode I picked, since we're talking about it, is called Beware the Great Ghost. Ah, good episode. Um, and and I, I picked this episode. I remember this episode as a kid. Um, and I really liked it as a kid, and I thought it was cool, the, the kind of contrast. Even as a kid, I remember thinking, wow, that's really cool. Um, rewatching these as an adult, actually, this is one that I was like, man, which one should I pick? Maybe I should pick that one. And this is the one that my wife was also like, wow, you should pick that one because it's like Batman Inception. <laughs> and it is. Batman, we've got a so, Batman. So what this episode is, is essentially, this is a story about um, there is... This guy who's bombing buildings and leaving notes that happen to be identical to notes left for bombings on a kid's, uh, like, Batman-esque type show. And the the kid's show that Batman grew up watching and he idealized and kind of sort of based Batman on is a story story slash show called The Grey Ghost. Which is is definitely an homage to The Shadow. Right, which is also an homage to The Shadow because the way he's dressed and everything else. Everything, yeah. And on top of that... The Grey Ghost is played by Adam West, oh, which is the which is the 1960s Batman. If I, you guys don't have never watched a 1960s Batman or don't know, but you happen to watch Family Guy, he's Mayor West on Family Guy. Yes. Um, but but the 1960s Batman is the one that's famous that I mentioned earlier for shark repellent. Yeah. Um, I I really like this episode just for, so kind of for a few reasons, but 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 the thing, some of the things that I liked about this was. Um, it showed Bruce as a kid having interactions with his dad, having fond memories as a kid, 
It also showed him um, being nostalgic about something that he idealized as a child, but as an adult and as Batman. It showed a grown man being let down by his hero. Yes. And it showed him actually opening up in, in a roundabout way, exposing himself to his idol and in a way telling him that he's Batman. And on the other side of that, you have Adam West's character who was at one point this idealized TV star Mm -hmm. who is now washed up living in a crappy pay-by-the-week motel slash hotel that he can't afford and his room is surrounded by his memorabilia he can't part with. And at the same time, he's trying to get work and nobody will cast him and he feels alone and forgotten. And here comes along Batman who wants him to do something and help him and and he doesn't he doesn't want the responsibility you know and and by the end he does kind of get some redemption but but i really like that that to me the the best part about this episode is actually adam west character yes the the tragedy of his of him essentially losing himself. He's a, and, he's a typecast actor. He can't get any work other than being the Grey so, Ghost. And, and the so Grey Ghost sad. is dead. Yeah. And not it's only so that, sad. yeah, so like, so what I loved about this is again, like you said, this is a redemption story. Yeah. A straight up redemption story. Not only just in a small part of Batman, of, of, of Batman seeing his hero and, and, and reliving old times, but just the fact that this is a, this is a guy who thought he, like you said, did not matter. He thought he was done. He thought his career was over. He lived in a shitty apartment. And, and nobody wanted his was, memorabilia either. He would try yeah, and pawn it. Yeah. And nobody wanted to buy exactly. it. Exactly. No he, yeah, he, he couldn't get Yeah, he couldn't get money and, for and it. So he what, felt useless. And, and so when Batman tells him uh, in the middle of the or middle or towards the end of the episode that you're the reason why be, uh, a big reason why it became Batman. There, you like watching you is the is the whole point. He realized. I made a difference. Yeah, I made a difference not only because uh, not only did I uh, help help encourage this man to do what he does, but that man has gone on to save so many lives. You, you know what this reminds me of that. is um, I remember an interview with uh, Jimmy Doohan, uh, Scotty from Star Trek. Yes, who he talked about how so many people throughout the years had come up to him at Star Trek conventions and said that the reason that they became engineers. And like wanted to work on right. space shuttles and airplanes and stuff was because of him. Yeah, like he played a he played an engineer on Star Trek, and he inspired people generations to, of STEM. Yeah, devoted. He, he inspired yeah. all these people to become engineers and me- mechanical engineers and and aerospace engineers because they wanted to be like him. And and that's sort of the same feeling. And he was super proud of that. He was like. That's so awesome that all these people from watching a character that I portrayed on a on a fictional TV yeah, show, really. you know, at the time I like thirty years ago. At the time, you're thinking this is so stupid. Who's even watching this? Yeah, he, I, you're I, doing I, like I, a pulpy show, which gotta, is essentially what Grey Ghost. Is. I stand in front of a stand with, that, that's lit up by Christmas lights because that show had zero budget. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 all of a sudden, I'm res- I, I like through all. You're that, responsible, responsible for the for- life choices of millions you're responsible of for potentially people getting to outer space exactly you like without star trek there's so many things that we would not even have and well that we might have but like, like no a lot of them people specifically invented because they saw them up on or got star, the trek. Idea star trek i mean they're so. still working on holodeck technology we want to get a holodeck going and then, yeah. and then people are, are like, that's why we have vr technology right now and and and, and, and ar technology yeah and they've they've fleshed out the science on warp bubbles and all kinds of stuff purely because of star trek so and, so and here Great we have- Ghost character, he he basically he didn't get that. 
No. Nobody had come to him and be like, you changed my life. You made me who I am. Which I, he, felt, he felt like a forgotten character. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. what I thought was cool was, is, you know, he, he gets to the point where he's so destitute. He goes to sell his stuff to the pawnbroker, who turns out to be the villain. <laughs> uh, sells his stuff to the pawnbroker, gets almost no money out of it. And he's he able to pay his rent for the last month. Yeah. I was, he uh, goes home and goes, he and it's like so nothing sad. for it. Yeah. And he goes home and he falls asleep in his chair. You know, it's an older dude. And then he opens his eyes, and it's all of his all memorabilia back. is all yeah, back. It's such a good scene! Yeah. With a note from Batman <laughs> saying, meet me at the corner, such yeah. and such and such and such. And so he does, and Grey Ghost tries to run away, and then another building explodes, and he realizes what's going on, and, yeah. and he recognizes the noise. And then Batman says, like, oh, do you want to help me or whatever? And Grey Ghost is like, no. Yeah, and he's he like, doesn't he's want like, it. fuck that. No, no. Like, I almost died like, just yeah. now. He's yeah. like, <laughs> he, goes, he goes, like, that was a character that yeah. I played. Like, I don't have responsibility. This is your problem, basically. It's sort of, it's sort of like that famous, that famous uh, Star Trek convention with, um, with Bill Shatner yeah. when, when somebody asked him some really nuanced question about Star Trek and he like, just was like, have, have you ever kissed a girl? Like, oh, he these, lost are, his these shit. are not important questions. Why do you care about the minutia of a TV show? Yeah. That's God. essentially what, like, this there, is there, there's like, an entire movie made on what the, on that on that story with like yeah. Yeah. Galaxy Quest. Oh yeah, there is. And yeah. that was basically just like that moment into an entire movie. Yeah, but yeah. that's essentially what happens to the great ghost. He, yeah. he's like, that was a character. Yeah. I am not that guy. Why are you trying to be make me that guy? Yeah. I am not him. He's fictional. Yeah. And then Batman's basically like, obviously I picked the wrong dude to be like. Yeah, he my just idol. like hits him hard. I, I wrote down in my notes. Hits him hard. Yeah, with that. that's like, like a, a that's like a one-two punch to the <laughs> yeah. gut. Like, and, but damn. you know, there are there is that scene where he's at home, like kind of reviewing the Grey Ghost footage, and he's sitting there like gleefully watching and eating popcorn, and you see like true happiness yeah. and nostalgia. Yeah. How on Bruce often Wayne's... do you see Batman being happy? That's right. not a thing Never. that happens. He's always and brooding he, and, and upset. They have that beautiful animated scene where they, they they do like a turn of the camera almost, and like he's back to being a kid. Yeah, like yeah. He's, oh, he's God, wearing the so fedora good. and the cape, yeah, and, he's and he's like, just, like yeah. sitting there in front of the TV, and like I I was sitting there in front of the TV, and not in Batman close but I was sitting there with my action figure and like fuck yeah <laughs> like, yeah no, and, and like, I, oh, what I do your, like your wife is right it's Batception it, it is Batception <laughs> and then the other thing too that I liked is when um, Grey Ghost agrees to sort of help him or he kind of helps Batman basically Batman escapes some bombs and Grey Ghost kind of saves him and then Batman starts to walk away and he, he kind of thinks about it and it's like hmm and he turns around and it's like do you think you could help me? Like, obviously, he doesn't need his help. No, you know, but he does. But he, I think, what he realizes, like, like this guy, nobody ever made him feel important, right? And so he takes Being him back. The world's greatest. And detective. Uh, what I do really <laughs> like is the look on his face when he looks at the Batmobile. It's like the. This is yeah. real? Yeah. And then they get the thing, they end up in the Batcave, and he's like, "This is the exact, almost the exact layout." And and then Bruce Wayne is like. Well, actually, it's when you say that because I base it exactly off your layer on the that, show. It's yeah. just like Galaxy Quest. Oh my god, this looks like the, uh, <laughs> the ISS Interceptor or whatever. Yeah. Like, yes, we, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> base it on your ship. We studied the historical documents. Oh my god, that movie, that movie does not get enough credit. It is brilliant. <laughs> I know, it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the character actors in the, I can we need to do a whole podcast on that movie. That movie is so great. Alan Rickman too is so great. <laughs> Alan Rickman. By grab Thor's hammer. Uh, you will be avenged. By so the I love sons it. of Warvon. Yeah. <laughs> by grab Thor's hammer. hammer. Like, yeah. He always is like. It <laughs> <laughs> well, well, tastes totally Nimoy. He's just like I. I'm so above this. I'm a Shakespearean. Actor. I can't believe I have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's still going yeah. to this damn convention. Well, I mean, th- so again, the, the villain's not important, but yeah. this episode, I think, is uh, what I would- for me. And and, and again, this is like his interactions with the characters are great, um, and and it. This is really more about the emotion of Bruce and the emotions of another character, right. mm-hmm. and showing that this is a world populated by real people. I'm going to steal, uh, I think I'm going to steal Sean's thunder here when I'm saying the only thing I, that was missing from this episode was a name tag on that, on, on the villain's uh, thing and, and saying Winslow shot. <laughs> I'm just, Toy Man! Exactly, because like, I'm like, I'm like, this guy is so Toy Man. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, he totally is. Like, come on. I demand more toys! <laughs> Yeah, is, I mean the villain. Is the a, villain is beyond my toy man when I when, when, when I draw. He's beyond throwaway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just like no, I toy want. Man, toy man came back. No, no. I mean, this guy oh, in this yeah. episode. He's did, like, did you ever watch? I want toys because I like toys, yeah. and, and then did, I realized toys can be. Bombed. I was like, did you ever watch Teen Titans? The the yeah. original one, not the new, the yeah, yeah, Teen yeah, yeah, Titan yeah, Go. Yeah, yeah. So, do, do you remember the uh, the villain that was like, uh, what was his name? Like remote control or something? He was oh, essentially, oh yeah, yeah, he was essentially like a neck beard that worked that worked in an electronic shop that had like a magical remote control wait wait did did he wear a fedora no but he had, he had a long ponytail <laughs> long, 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 long oh this is like the the text i sent you the other day yeah but, uh, um but the, my, my favorite scene from that if we're going to talk about that and i'm going to add up uh fa- famous scene for that is is when they do raven and they know from the makers of uh, metronon and and it's something else comes Zinthos. And it's like one of those Advil commercials because they like, zap her into a TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. Azer, no, maker, makers of Atherath and Metronon comes Zinthos. <laughs> well, I mean, so so to kind of sum up this episode, at least for me, I, I think I think that's why I picked it, is is it's more emotional aspect. It's a good pick. Both of your picks um, are like way better than my pick. <laughs> well, no, your pick is good, and I don't think and there's some ways that I don't think you understood that it was good. At the time, until I was watching it later, I was like, I don't know if he got that one. You I mean, well, we'll find out because we're going to talk about it. So, the one so do I you think... remember it? Yours, yours is yes. called Showdown. Yes, I know. Showdown. It's, episode, it's season four. It's called Showdown. And the reason why I picked this is because not is not so much about the story, but I'm a big voice acting dork. I love my I loves me some voice actors, and uh, and Batman the Animated Series is full, full to the brim. Yes, excellent. <laughs> Full to the brim of fantastic voice actors. Some of them in choose? one episode only. Yes, yeah, and just like shot. And so the one reason why I picked this is uh, not only is this have Malcolm McDowell as yes. our as our villain, uh, but uh, one it, of the it, and also it has it has um, it has Patrick Lee coming back. Uh, not sorry, not Patrick Lee. Uh, David Warner coming back as Raz Al Ghul, and which is your, one of your favorite villains. Damien, uh, yeah. Damien Wayne's grandson, uh, grandfather. Yeah, yes, Damien, Damien Wayne's grandfather, and uh, the son of the. Do Batman. you know what? Do you guys know like other stuff that David Warner's done? Like, because I, I mean, because I grew up, I'm maybe a little older older than you, but um, he was but, on Titanic. Well, well, like I always think of him as as the villain in Tron. Yeah, well, that's this. That's, one that's of the like top my. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah, yeah. But uh, Dillinger or Sark, like he's that's him. He was also in. Um, he's the Archmage in Gargoyles. He was Gargoyles in the Loban Freakazoid. He was also Van Helsing in Penny Dreadful, which was one season great. <laughs> uh, you know, I never watched it, but I heard it's good. Uh, just the or one at least season. the one you, season. You can leave. Um, you can leave all the other seasons out. It was kind of a waste of time. But anyway, uh, but yeah, th- th- there was that. He was coming back, and Rachel Ghoul is also one of my favorite uh, villains. Not my favorite, uh, but and you could look at our Facebook uh, live to see our favorite villains. Yeah, because uh, uh, Sean was uh, clever enough to come up with that concept before we started recording. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, but 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 you only mentioned Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm yeah. McDowell, but Elizabeth Montgomery. Was in this episode. Do you know who Elizabeth Montgomery is? Mm-mm. She is uh, Bewitched. She was the witch on Bewitched. Da-dum, da-dum. And she was the original Lizzie Borden. Uh, Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her husband 40 wax. Wa- yeah, 40, 40 wax. Yeah. yeah, she played her, uh, her too. She, she this was, was her last role, right? This was her last role before she died. Like cancer. ever, ever. Ever done. And huh. she played a barmaid. And, and she it, played a she played a madam. That's yeah, yeah not a barmaid. She, yeah, she's a, they, she is credited as barmaid on. No, no, on, she's yeah. a madam. Well, she was a straight up madam. They didn't want to. They didn't want to say uh, exactly you know, the we, top we four on was. the credits. Yeah, but that's uh, probably also, true. The, also, the reason why I love this episode is because it has. Uh, Basically zero Batman. He shows up in the beginning to Which is ballsy to do for yes. a Batman show. And I was like, get Tim Bruce with the balls again. Like you know what? You know what? You the whole episode? No Batman. Well, <laughs> Batman is in it a little bit, but not much. As a kid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. As a kid, I was like when I watched this episode, I was super confused. I was like, this is I must be turning in or this must be uh, like This must or, be a new show. Or, oh, yeah, exactly. Or like uh, like Jonah Hex is gonna end up being because this is a Jonah Hex episode. Uh, and I was like, "That's gonna—he's gonna be end up being related to Bruce Wayne somehow, yes, like, like a great distant uncle or something." But no, they were like, "You know what? We have this cool ass character named Jonah Hex, and we want to do an episode about him." So we—it's not, it. not even like Jonah Hex in his prime; it's like no. old Jonah. Hex. It's like Jonah Hex after he has done everything. Well, and Jonah, just Jonah Hex. To be in the wrong. So Jonah Hex, for those who don't know, Jonah Hex is a DC character. He's an old west bounty hunter, basically. I'm very much simple. Yeah, yeah. Very He's much. an old west bounty hunter who, at one point, fought in the civil war but for the south but he disagreed with slavery and then he left and his adventures are actually really interesting i believe he i believe he turncoated he went he he was born in the south but he went he fought for the north and he and Uh, his big villain well not exactly he so he was for the south um he disagreed with slavery he left he got captured by the north um, they tried to get him to turn. He refused right, to turn on it. his people. Sorry. Yes, you're right. And then they called him out and made made it look like he turned in front of a bunch of right. his dudes. And then they killed all of his dudes, but one Turnbull. survived and ended up. Yeah, yeah and, ter- and Turbo is, Turbo is, is his, his main villain. Yeah, and who is not? Uh, who is not? Because this no. is uh, this is after he's already dealt with Turbo. Yeah. So this yeah. happens according to this show. It happens in 1883. Okay. Yes. 1885. And and, and, I, and, and like, after I watched this episode I, again, because I, I hadn't seen it in forever, so I and I watched this episode. And I turned to Mandy. And was like, Mandy, this is the exact plot to Wild Wild West. Like, no, this is, it kind of was. This is the exact plot to Wild Wild West, except done way better. Just done way better. Oh, was, God. So, again, for those of you who don't know, Wild Wild West was a movie that's actually, I believe, based on a comic also. No, it's based uh, on a TV, TV show. TV show. The, Excuse yeah, me, you're right. Yeah, yeah I'm But sorry. it was a campy TV show where, yeah. like, weird shit would happen. Like, <laughs> I love that the, the villain that they chose in Wild Wild West, the movie, yeah. was a guy who had, like, lost half his body. Yeah. But in the, in the TV show, it was literally a little person. That, and that, that was, like, 
like the most slap in the face you could have possibly done to little people. He's half a man. So <laughs> this, I, we're going to take a side route here just for a second because you, we've mentioned Wild Wild West, so I, there's yeah. no way I cannot mention this. Yeah, uh, there's a documentary out now. I haven't got a chance to see it yet, but I really want to. Um, about the Superman movie that almost got made that didn't get made that Kevin Smith was working on with Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage. Yeah. So originally, no, it wasn't Kevin Smith. It was uh, 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 no, Kevin Smith was involved. Well, he might have been involved, but it was uh, it was t- it was Tim uh, uh, Tim Burton who was actually good. Uh, was yeah. It. Was oh yeah. Okay. It or something like that. I thought Kevin Smith was involved. I think he was no, somewhere was, in the script writing was, or something. It was right after, on. It was right after the success of Batman and Batman Returns. Right. And like, we'll now do Superman, and he was gonna, and he had Nick Cage. Yeah, I thought Kevin Smith was like writing the. He was a script writer. He wrote a been, script because this was right. He off, did. He did a treatment for it. Yeah, yeah. he did a treatment for it. So this I, was right I, after Clerk. So what I wanted to mention was is is so Kevin Smith wrote the treatment for this or uh, for a while. Originally wrote the treatment. For Superman, mm-hmm. and the villain uh, was going to be Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Well, the studio basically what happened was is the execs who are who are making the movie. They're like, I want a movie with the giant spider, and he's like, uh, this movie. <laughs> there, you know what? Wait, wait, wait just, we'll put a link. We'll put a link to this video because there's a very funny like night with Kevin Smith movie yeah. where or like video where he talks about yeah, this whole yeah. thing, and it's like an hour long. Yeah, and it is hilarious. Can you also- so. I just can, oh, can I hear Sean? Can I request in post? And when I mention Bewitch, you put uh, uh, like while I'm talking the Bewitch theme. It's so perfect. Just lightly in the background. Or and do oh, wait, it right no, that's now. The wrong one. And do it yeah. right now as I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, in but, post. Okay. So I just wanted to mention really quickly. So originally they wanted to make this Superman movie, and they, the execs or it was the exact, the execs or something. They're like. But I want a movie with a giant spider. And he's like, there is no giant spider. He's like, put a giant spider in it. And he's like, people love spiders. It's he's the most like, dangerous, love, yeah. most dangerous killer in the animal kingdom. And he's like, uh, okay, but this is a robot. He's like, make it a giant robot spider. He's like, I'm not doing that. And then it fell through. And then the guy got his giant spider because he was the same guy he, who had one. He was, one, the, who did he was the producer. He was the producer. Yeah, that guy yeah. jerks the producer. off to spiders 100%. So, so he got, 100% to be fair, jerks off to spiders. To be fair, Spiders are the most dangerous killer in the animal kingdom. I'm and sure they also have... Gram for gram, probably true. Yeah, I mean, and they <laughs> pound do have... Pound a, killed more than... Eight yeah, hands. Go, so yeah. if you're going to, yeah, you know... Right. But I'm saying he might... On the other hand. On the other hand. On the other hand. On the other hand. That was a great dad joke. <laughs> Good dad joke. Sean is full of dad jokes. I know. I know. I've listened to this podcast. It's better than being full of dads. <laughs> Ooh. And oh. Then, and then he went. I heard a great And joke. then we go dark. Yeah. I, heard a, I heard a great joke the other night. It's not my joke, and I can't remember who said it, but it's not mine. Where, you know, I, the, the comedian was like, you know, I'm sure that probably half the people in this room, if I had a glass that was half full of water, I'm sure half the people in this room would describe that as a glass that's half full. And then the other half would probably describe it as a glass that's half empty. But I would wager a bet that if I had a pineapple halfway in my ass, that 100% of you would describe it exactly like that. Because nobody is that optimistic. Good. That's joke. true. Good not joke. my joke. Not Good my joke. joke. Good joke. Uh, all right. So we've kind of devolved a bit <laughs> right. into pineapples. So, so let me get back to my episode, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, and episode eighty-three. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So we're going. So uh, so we have Batman and uh, Robin jump into a scene, and we're we're just and they 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 are just they're stopping the plot of Rachel Ghoul, and we're just trying to stop the uh, whatever. Rachel Ghoul basically breaks in. He breaks into a, a home, old a, folks' home. Old folks' home. Yeah, he and kidnaps a, an and old man. And they're just. 
just like we don't care. It's what like you're a here. hospice home too. It's yeah. not even an old folks like home. for no reason. And they're just like they're so confused. Yeah, they're, they're like, like, why is he there? Why <laughs> is he stealing old people? But they, but they, but, they, but, but they, like the reaction was like so like you could. It's almost like they animated it on their face like. So so Rachel Gold broke in and then we fought ninjas in a in a hospice. I just imagine, and then he stole an old man. I and just left. imagine the greatest what? Batman villain ever. And I don't even know what you could call him, but just can you imagine if a supervillain just went around stealing old people? Geri- the geriatric. Just call him the geriatric. <laughs> I'm geriatric. And his name no, no. And his name was geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, yeah, that would be his name, but yeah. he'd have to have some stupid like like Edward Nigma is the Riddler because yeah. Enigma. Yeah, exactly. but yeah, can you imagine? A, he just goes around stealing old people. And he's got a warehouse full of people just going. He's using them as like a Matrix style battery to power his power suit. His brain, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 that'd be awesome. But they, yeah, so they seal the body. This is how you know. This is what happens when three eighty D people get together. We come up. With- yeah, and then the episode never ends because we just yeah, we DC, DC, call me. Yeah, I can make this happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, copyright. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am Gerontor. Anyway. Um. So. So anyway, he's breaking into this old folks home, and I love Rayshaw Ghoul because he's super cash about it. Like, they're the, Batman and Robin are occupied with these ninjas, and he's just like, "Yeah, all right, whatever, dude." And then he walks into the room where he's where, where this old man is being kept. And you don't know what he is. Uh, uh, why he's there but he kidnaps him and uh, he leaves behind a, a tape for the for the uh, the Cape Crusaders to uh, to sort of discover because I mean you don't have to be the great tape this I don't know about you but when I was crushing on a girl I would leave her a mixtape too <laughs> exactly we are from a different era Sean yeah uh, slipping yeah, into I, her I, locker I was I well this is when you find out it's from 1883 because exactly. it cuts to the videos like and he tells the story uh, about 1883 like in the Old West. I wonder, you're, you're probably wondering why I stole an old guy. Uh, <laughs> let me, so let me this take is it back. My I thought what was? <laughs> did you guys notice this? I, I thought it was kind of kind of cool, but so Rachel Ghoul is the head of the demon. Yeah, and he tells a story that happens in 1883, and the name of the Old West town is called Devil's Hole. Ah, so he's the head of the demon. He's going to the devil's butthole. And, That's right. And Chris is handle is the demon schlong. So That's true. <laughs> there we go. You we, can find me on Xbox or, no. no. <laughs> we we've come full demon. Actually no, Xbox forced me to change that name years ago. Uh, I never but, when we were talking about this earlier, I never told you my original email, my very first email when my parents got uh, Roadrunner High Speed Internet. Oh, my, ver- my very first email address was Donkey Punch. Oh, at socal.rr.com. That is a. Of course it was. And, of course it was. Nobody fun, got it. I thought fun, it was hilarious. Fun facts from childhood. I was super. <laughs> I was super stoked that it was available. You know what? You know what? Email. <laughs> no one else also available is space docking. But uh, that's a discussion for another day. All right, we're done. We won't mention that here on the podcast. We're uh, done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> and we're moving on. This is a kid show that we're talking about here. Yeah. Well, these are, this is a show for adults. This so. is a show adult for themed. Adults. This is adult um, themed. Uh, just just, just in case you didn't know, NSFW. Uh, so so just give us a brief overview of the of the plot. Do you remember just kind of a brief? Yeah. Like, so again, I watched it super recently, and uh, I stupidly forgot my notes in my at my uh, in Canada. <laughs> That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. But it's uh, like my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what does Kathy think about? <laughs> does Kathy not know? That's why she's in Canada. <laughs> Kathy does not listen to the podcast. Sean put her in a box and shipped her away. Anyway, uh, so so, but yes, yeah, so like I said, it's the exact plot of Wild Wild West. There's this town that uh, that is being uh, uh, overrun by this uh, villain, uh, uh, Arcady Duval is his name with a K. With a K. 
no, no, it's not with a K. It's with a C. It's oh, the, weird. Uh, Every other spelling I found was with a K. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. IMDb. So IMDb does its own thing. Arcady Duval. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but, and so he's, he's trying to take over this town, and he's, he's going to do that by kidnapping a whole bunch of people and building a giant zeppelin. And so, not a giant spider, a giant zeppelin. Yeah, metal so this clad. This is the part where the giant spider guy, where, like, described, oh, the as a, a... described as a sky monster. Exactly, sky monster. You know and, it, and, it, and it chucks fireballs at this town. And because they're trying town, to build the Transcontinental exactly, Railroad. Exactly, I was just getting to that. Because this is the town where the Transcontinental Railroad finally connects. And there is a Ulysses S. Grant looking Mo Effer. <laughs> Patrick Leahy pays uh, the, the governor. Uh, and he's about to stri- drive in the final spike, and here comes the Sky Monster. This is the exact plot to Wild Wild West. By the way, what the hell is a provincial governor? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I guess, well, because back in the day... Maybe here I province. am as the provincial governor, uh, talking about... This, was a, this wasn't a state yet, it was a province. Did, <laughs> so did you guys notice that this thing kind of looked like the USS Monitor? The like It kind of did, yeah. It looked like the, the World War II ship, um, but like with... like. Two metal-clad uh, blimp balloons. Exactly. Okay, so before we devolve too far, because we will talk about this. Uh, but, uh, before, but so Jonah Hex... <laughs> Jonah Hex... Sean's showing us pictures that are hilarious. Uh, Jonah Hex uh, it, it figures out this plot uh, through the way Jonah Hex does. But he doesn't care. Uh, he he just doesn't give He's a crap. there to collect a $200 exactly. bounty on Arcady. Exactly. So he, 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 all he wants is the money. And he keeps persisting. And at one point, Arcady asks him, Why are you doing this? Why do you keep coming after me? And his response is the best response I've ever heard in a Batman, uh, Batman uh, cartoon. Because I don't like you. <laughs> this response essentially yeah. keeps coming back. He's like, "Why are you being a jackass?" Because fuck you. That's <laughs> exactly. He also exact- at one point uh, he he was saying uh, Arcady was like, "Oh, like uh, we have a, a spy or whatever." He's like, "I'm no spy," and they call him a liar. And he goes, "Ain't nobody calls me a liar and goes to bed happy." <laughs> And I was like, first these, of all, every depiction of Jonah Hex is always this down, grizzled sort of cowboy from like a uh, Ram commercial. But this guy is like a crotchety old man. Like, get off my lawn. This ain't. This is my Jonah Hex. And what's how I'm gonna do? That's because he's, this is like ten years before Jonah Hex dies. Exactly. Jonah Hex dies. Like he looks not old. that long from after this. And, right? man, and at man. one point, he says something like. Like I'm getting too old for this. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I turned to Manny, Hex, like, Danny Glover. I was like, I was like, dude. I, I turned to Manny. I go, Riggs. Getting too <laughs> I'm old getting for this. Getting old for this, Riggs. <laughs> but anyway, he absolutely I, was Riggs. I, I watched this episode with Manny because consider we were, it revoked. We were, we were going to bed, and like we usually watch something to wind down before we go to bed. And she, when she first sees Jonah Hex, she's like, uh, she's like, um, there he. Could have totes cut that little thing off his lip? There's no reason why that's still around. And I'm like, Jonah Hex don't care about no thing on his hip lip. Jonah yeah. Hex just wanna, just wanna. It makes just, me look badass. You just turned Jonah Hex into Mr. T. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's kind of what he is. He's like, he's, so he's like so, an old timey Mr. T. So the poignant like part that I, the reason why <laughs> I thought you picked this episode was not the voice acting part, although that stuff is interesting. Mm. I thought you picked it for the ending. Well, the ending was I uh, know uh, the, so the ending, ending was, was uh, he captures the ending Arcady, was shocking, and we end up in modern day. Exactly, and, and Batman has confronted Ra's al Ghul this, with the old man in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. 
and the old man is Arcady. And Arcady, the reason why, and also I, I also forgot to mention that uh, uh, Rachel Ghoul is in this episode as well, back in the 1800s, and that's the, the reason why he can account for it. And he's helping Arcady do these things, but he's he's calling. He's Actually, like, Arcady is is following his orders. Right. Yeah. yeah but but uh, but he Arcady's doing his own damn thing about it. Like that, that's the whole point. And then at one point. He understands it's about to go awry, and he and he and he but and this is another part that's that's totally out of Wild Wild West. He's like he's like motherfucker, you're on your own, and he he leaps out in a in a freaking like uh, a glider, a like Da Vinci glider. glider. <laughs> he's like just like in the movie Wild Wild West when he gets when, where he <laughs> modifies the glider and in a in a in the rocket bike to make a plane to get. Do you to remember the, Wild Wild West? I know. I was like I was like I was like they took everything from the show and made it into Wild Wild West, and the guy's like, we're gonna take this episode, we're gonna stretch it out to two hours, and you're putting a fucking giant spider in it, and that's gonna be my. <laughs> Goddamn movie, <laughs> and they did, and they did it, and it was terrible. And Kevin Klein was in it also, <laughs> just in Kevin case Klein. you wanted. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Klein. And, and so of course the twist is yeah, that, that the, the old ra- man, okay, the old man is Rachel Ghoul's son, and that's the reason why he cares so much. And he's like, and he goes, even a fa- even a, a man such as you could understand why you lo- a father loves his son or something like that. And the sh- and the yeah. reveal was like super shocking yeah. to Batman. Yeah, because he's like, and he, and he was like, he's like, oh, he's like, he would have been, he would have been a, over a hundred years old. Yeah, and no, like Dick Grayson says that. Yeah. He goes, he goes, he goes, he's like, that's how I figured it out because years. I was like, because then Rachel Ghoul says 50 years of hard labor. So yeah. 1883 plus 50 years is a minimum of 1933. Yes. That's at a minimum. But I figured like he finished hard years of labor and then he spent some more time like yes. whatever. He, he says that he put the guy, or that he was, that he had been put in a Lazarus pit at some point. So his, in his early years. Yeah. 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 So, so his life like reset. So we actually don't really know how old this guy actually is. He could is. be 150 years old. He, yeah. he could be several hundred years yeah. old too because that Lazarus pit is kind of a, reset button right? yeah, yeah. Rachel Ghoul in the show and in well and in several iterations you never actually know how old he is he says in this that he's Sire's over 600 movies. years old right yeah, yeah, but, he says that he goes in my 600 years do you really think I only sired one offspring yes and, that's how, how, that's and I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah. but in the comics and in the show you get ages ranging from 448 years mm-hmm. To over seven hundred, yeah, which is a big span. But at any rate, like he's lived a long life. He's no Vandal Savage. No, no, he's not. But because he's not immortal. But he's cheating death. But Vandal Savage is truly immortal. Right. Vandal uh, Savage is was a was, was a Neanderthal. He's, a caveman, he's yeah. the last Neanderthal on, on Earth. Yeah, got hit by a meteor. No, no, he made love to a meteor. Okay, the <laughs> well, meteor yeah. landed and he cuddled up next to it. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened. That's how we got well, his powers. So I mean, I think I think this episode because that reveal yeah. and then them saying, "Well, why did you come and get him?" It's like I lost track of him. I yeah. looked for him, and I was like, "He's my son." And I was thinking, like, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. All right. Okay. And, but and, it gives him a, it gives him another dimension other than like he's a crazy terrorist well, head. He's like yeah. he actually cares about his family. And actually, then Batman is touched by the moment, and I was like, so so. We I don't have know this, if Bat, I don't know if Batman's so much touched. He's he was. Like, because, he's like okay, I get it. But, Take him. Like he didn't really do anything. He didn't like. Well, he I was going off the vocal intonation. Oh. It sounded what like he got it, but What I didn't understand though is like why did Raish have to take him that way? Like why couldn't he just like walk into the building? And be like hey, I. I'm, I, I'm gonna you see that guy that's at least forty years older than me? Yeah, he's my son. Well, you don't say he's his son, but you say <laughs> like, like, listen, some... listen, that's my granddad. I have a whole bunch of money because Raish is super rich too from being the head of a major. Crime he could have just walked in and and 
basically purchased an old man. That's what I'm saying. Like, listen, I want to take care How of him. How much for that old guy over there? I want to take care of him. Because if, <laughs> he, if this is Raish's son, then that means this guy has like pretty much, I mean, no family ties. This guy's been forgotten. So when you find him out and he's, oh, he's, he's chilling in a geriatric home, you can easily walk in and get him. But no, he's Raish al Ghul. So he's like, no, I need 10 ninjas and we're going to go in there and we're going to kidnap him ninja style because that's the way I roll. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to gas the whole building, knock him out, and we're going to steal yeah, an old man. You could have avoided this whole Batman incident if you just yeah. walked in and paid for him. <laughs> but <laughs> pay for him like a regular old man purchase. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Grandfather. By the way, yeah. Dr. Grandfather, copyright Chris. Trick him into marrying you and then steal his money when he dies. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's the real one. And a Nicole Smith? Yeah, yes. Kind of. So, Nicole Smith. I think at, at the end of this, th- this um, I think we picked some good episodes, but for different Completely reasons. on accident, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could have told you. Yes, the, the, the touching moment of Batman and, and realizing that yeah, that's the reason. No. It's also cool because Chris picked an episode that basically had no Batman. That's why I like. That's what I loved about it. I was like, this this episode completely tells you that it's not because Batman that this that that, that this uh, series um, was so successful. It was great storytelling. Yeah. Again, and, and how I know that is because they did a great, <laughs> a great episode without a Batman. Yeah. With a Batman in the beginning, kinda, and a bit in the end. And this episode should have been called a day without a Batman. And they had a pretty famous guest star with uh, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, too. Malcolm McDowell, and also and also uh, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Montgomery. She was huge. They yeah. were, she was she was like I don't know. Although like, at the time this episode was made, Malcolm McDowell was probably a bigger deal. Because she died Arguably. right after this, and she was big in the sixties. But, no, but, McDowell... she, but she was super. She did a whole bunch of stuff, dude. Like, like. No, I know, but I, I just mean like as far as like being a bigger name, like more popular by more people. Like, sure, sure. You know what it, I mean? I, I, a bigger name at the or, 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 or more mentioned name at the time. Yeah, sure. that's what I mean. I yeah. don't mean like that. She is more. But she was super important in Hollywood. She was almost as big as Lucille Ball. And, and, and at, at her time, at her time, she yes. was she, again. She was she was a sweetheart back in the. And I was like, it's like, and that's what you go out on. You go out on Batman the Animated Series. Fantastic. That is a could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm saying like there's you could have been Raul Julia. Did you <laughs> so, going out on street? Just fight. a quick fun fact. <laughs> uh, you know? Do you know who Malcolm McDowell's nephew is? Roddy McDowell? Or, <laughs> no, Malcolm McDowell's nephew. <laughs> Is um, Alexander Siddick, Doctor Bashir from DS oh! uh, from DS Nine? Oh. Hashtag swoon. <laughs> uh, no, she's uh, he's uh, Joy's like uh, Star Trek the celebrity crush. crush. Right on, yeah. And funny, he also it, it returns the Star Trek as uh, uh, what's his name? Oh God, the, he was also in Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, no, I'm talking. I'm talking about Prince uh, oh. Prince Martell. Oh, Dorian Martell. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, he was that you know. one guy in Generations. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. The, the reason why the generations got together. The, yeah, remember. he was the villain in Generations. It was yeah, like Sauron right. or something like that. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, Sauron. Sauron. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Lord of the Rings like rip uh, off. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think we picked some good episodes. Yeah. Um, well, overall, overall, the show is really, really good. Like, there are probably a handful of the not that I can think of any, but a handful yeah. of bad episodes or. I I wouldn't even say bad episodes. Like probably just like middle of the road, middling episodes. There is no. I, I tell people there's no such thing as a bad Batman series. There, there are some that are like not great. Like there, 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 there are there are like bad. And it's just like Avatar. There are bad in the standard of the show. But if you you could literally start anyone watching it, this show is a ten. So if the show is yeah. an average ten, and you have a few episodes that are like like a seven, a seven. To, yeah, but there's no there's no fives, fours, or ones or anything like that. No, yeah. As far as I would tell, I mean, my kid. So my kid loves the show. We 
we mentioned this in the last podcast. She loves Batman. She mm. loves Batman. You mentioned it in any podcast. That oh, she loves Batman. Uh, so her tie is well. If you ask her, you'll get one of a couple answers: the Joker, Harvey Two Face, Harvey Two Face, or Clayface. <laughs> Clayface. Those are her three. Those are the ones that she really likes. The Lego Batman movie came out a, a little a little while back, and she loved that movie. Um, but she watches this episode. We were watching some today when we recorded. Um, and we hadn't watched this in a, in a, I'd say maybe a couple of months, but she's like, no, daddy, I want that one with the fish. It's like, she remembered, can like, I, you know, can, can I, I, I want to put you guys in the spot. You put me in the spot a while ago. So I'm going to yeah, put you guys yeah. in the spot. Uh, what were your runners up? Like if you could get one more episode that you had to, that you could, uh, that you could pick to, to talk about. I'm not saying we have to talk about them now, but one my, up. my second runner up is a two parter and it is the, um, the one that shows Dick Grayson or the Robin's origin. Ah, oh, okay. The flying Grayson's. Yeah. Um, either. Let's see. I like the uh, I like the baby face one because that doll. one's sad. The baby doll episode. Baby doll. Yeah. That's what. I, or maybe the one with Captain Clown, the robot. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't remember that one. Tell tell me about that one. Um, was that? that was a Joker episode, and the, you know what. <laughs> The uh, the one that the thing that always like st- stands out to me is like is uh, at the end of the episode there's a there's a like a showdown scene between Joker and Captain Clown which is this robot that he's using and um, Batman ends up crushing him because they're in a junkyard or something <laughs> he ends up crushing style. him yeah and <laughs> and uh, Joker goes like you killed Captain Clown. <laughs> You killed Captain Clown! He gets all pissed off. And, and then Batman says something like, Clean up your act, Joker. And he goes, Did you just make a joke? <laughs> Batman just made a joke. Oh, there's another good one with the Joker, too. That's a great pick where um, one of Joker's like old uh, mob boss uh, enemies leaves him like $200 million dollars. And uh, oh, and the Joker, the Joker spends it um, and gets this like big lavish house and all this. He's got a room full of money, and then he notices that all the money's fake. And then they find a VHS tape that has this old guy's like, Haha, he's like, I figure by the time you find this, you spent all the real money that I left you. I left you about ten million dollars, but the rest of it is crap. Um, basically, screw you. <laughs> and now, and now the IRS is on to you, and they want money from you, but you can't let anybody know because if you do, then essentially you have to show you have that to you admit. were the butt of my joke yeah, and that I got that the I last got. laugh. And so, Joker, rather than being like. Um, this guy ripped me off and this isn't any of my money it's all fake and he whatever and basically he could have gotten off the hook and instead of doing that he just said well screw it I'm going to go and try it and, and rob uh, a ship full of full of money uh, <laughs> it's like it's just so crazy that it, that's a really good episode too um, good twist yeah yeah. It, that one's got I think that one has um, uh, I think that one has does that one have well, that one's Robin. Sorry, I was thinking that one had Batgirl. That one's Robin, but but that's a good episode too. If I had to um, pick one as a runner-up, I would have picked uh, Feet of Clay, the the two-parter Feet of Clay. Ooh, yeah, that's a great. And one. the reason why is because first of all, my favorite villain, uh, if you watch the Facebook Live, uh, was Clayface. I love Clayface. I think poor he's, a tra- he's so I, yeah, yeah. And like the thing is, uh, yeah, it was a guy. It was a he, he's an actor who. Uh, who got in a tragic accident and someone comes to him and be like, I got, I, basically, I have this magic formula for all intents and purposes. To make you look normal. To make you look normal and you don't have to go through any surgery and he gets addicted to it 
And then he and and then uh, like to the point where he's so desperate he's got to steal it. And then the mob freaking pours a whole bunch of it on him, and he's voiced by Ron Perlman. Yeah, and and so it's just it, it was it was it was amazing. It was like so close to picking that one, um, and also like the order that we did this kind of messed us up. So I figured we were talking about it, and, and like like it was before we decided to do the three part episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, like I, it's it. Yeah, there's there's so, the point is is there's there's a lot of good ones in here. Yeah. Um, but I I, th- I think I think as far as today, I think that'll do it for this episode. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think um, we ran a little long. There's, yeah, we did a little bit. <laughs> we long. did. We ran long, but but these were. Re- this is a really good show, and this is one that Sean and I have have talked about um, basically since we started the podcast. This is like one of our top shows to do. I'm super happy. I mean, to be a part of it. We did three episodes on Ghostbusters, so you know, I mean, I think I think two episodes that are about 15 minutes over a piece or so. This is probably fine. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Uh, it, at the end of the day, there's there's absolutely nothing about this I wouldn't recommend. Yeah, you know, no, it's it's absolutely it's good for kids, it's good for adults, it's good for teenagers, twenty year old. It doesn't matter. It's it's a yeah. good show. And one of my one of my metrics, and I talked about this because I'm on a date when when we did this. I went and saw Logan the other night. Yeah, and one of my one of my metrics for what is a good movie or show, despite its connections to an established franchise like Batman, like X Men, like whatever, is if you took away that, if you mm. took away that connection. Does it? Is it a good thing on its own? And Does the story stand alone? Yeah, without like the. I the think my episode yeah. proves that point. Yeah, like yeah, Logan. All three. Of Logan. These. If you yeah. took away the X Men, it is a good movie. It is yeah. a good movie on its own. If you just remove all the X Men stuff from it. Yeah. Batman. Batman the animated series. They're good stories. They're good solid stories. Even if you took like the Batman, if you put just another person in there that wasn't Batman, you could have done it's a good with, story. You could put it as a Green Arrow. You could have done it with. Uh, you could have done it with Superman. You, you could do it with anyone. It, it just it could have just been regular it, people. It's, it's yeah. It could have just been yeah. This could have like like the Dark Knight could have just it was basically a terrorist movie. That's all it was. Just with Batman villains, and that, that's what made that a good story. And same with this. Same with this. Like you could put anything. You could you could have made the shadow again or, or whatever. It was he. W- it was about the stories. Sometimes you don't even need Batman. That's the, the main reason why I picked my uh, picked my. It's basically a way to prove that the show is good with or without Batman. Exactly. It's like yeah. that is just fantastic storytelling. Yeah, and it is. So Hands I down. I think for this week that'll do. Do you do you remember what we have planned for next week? I do not. So next week. Uh, you have your choice, actually. Oh, fielder's choice. So, we can either do Wheel Warriors. Wheel Warriors. With one of the best intros ever. Yeah. Um, I or, get the feeling that the show is not going to be as good. No, I, do, <laughs> I have that same feeling. Or we can do, uh, we can revisit Power Rangers and do it on the movie. I think we should do the Power Rangers movie. Uh, the, the one that, that came out a while ago. The one that, yeah, the, the new movie. with the, Oh, the new movie. You want to do one on the new movie? Yeah, I think we should do one on the new Well, movie. how about this then? Because the new movie's not out yet at the time that we're recording. No, no. So maybe we do... Let's do Secret of the Ooze, because that was the first one. Yes. And then maybe maybe the next one we can do the new movie and compare and contrast. Ooh, yeah, let's do that. So we're going to do two weeks of Power Rangers, but it's going to be different. Secret um, of the Ooze was uh, was turtles, by the way. Or were you making? Or a Ivan Ooze? That's Ivan, Ivan Ooze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is he making a hashtag apocalypse? Yeah, yeah. Uh, go go yeah. shitty movie. Yeah, that was a bad movie. So then we're gonna do Power Rangers the movie um, with Ivan Ooze yeah. in the next episode, and then maybe we'll cover the new Power Rangers, and then we'll do Wheel Warriors afterwards. I think that's what we'll do. Wheel we have a we have a bunch of stuff. We we got everything basically planned out until I personally uh, can't wait to listen to all three. I don't that's know. That's gonna be good. Yeah, we have everything planned out to about August. I just thought of another one that I would have wanted to do. The Man Who Killed Batman with 
Sid oh, the Squid. That was oh, the, that was the, yeah. fa- the famous Joker uh, monologue where, where, he, where he does the eulogy for Batman. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Killed by a nobody. <laughs> well, this, maybe let's this put the bad, insignificant garment. Yeah. Let's you know what I'll I'll put the um I'll put the description to that in in the um I'll I'll put the I'll put a link to that maybe if I can find it in, in the description yeah um but yeah uh that should do it for this episode so if you wanna wanna thank Chris for joining us oh thank you guys that was, this was this was a treat yes <laughs> and if you want to uh, talk to Chris on Twitter uh, it is at the mighty milk me or sorry at mighty milk me I'm called the mighty milk me on Twitter. Okay, and if you want to talk to us or talk about anything, we're on Twitter at RemasteredCast, at RemasteredCast. We're on Facebook. Yep, Facebook and old-timey email, uh, Childhood Remastered. Yep, Childhood Remastered at Gmail, all one word. Uh, you can rate us if you could five stars on on uh, iTunes. iTunes, not iTunes, Twitter, yeah. on iTunes. Anywhere or... you see us, if you want to rate us, please Where? rate us and please um, leave a review on iTunes because that helps the algorithm find them. And we it's... need to play the odds in the algorithm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, may the odds be ever in our favor. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! That's that's <laughs> too soon. You got it. That you, this is a, this is nostalgic. Uh, we want to <laughs> we want to thank uh, John Howarth for the use of our theme music. The song is called Nascent. There is a link to the whole song on our uh, on our website, childhood, childhoodremastered.com. You can also check out the rest of his music on his SoundCloud there. does a lot of electronic music. It's great. Check it out. Follow him there. Tell him nice things about the great music. It's yep. good. It's good song. Let him know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great song. Good job. <laughs> so with that, um, yeah, that'll do it. And so uh, we thank you for joining us on this journey tonight and until next time I'm Sean and Chris and I'm Chris James and this has been your childhood remastered we will see you next time